Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And today we have joining us our friend Laura from the What to Read Next podcast. Laura, welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me in the show. Yeah, it's of about course. Time. It's great to finally have you on. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, I'm excited to be on. I've been a huge fan of your show since inception, since there was an idea. So I'm very excited. <laughs> so first and foremost, plug your podcast. Like, Talk about What to Read Next. When did you start it? At the time you started it, like, what did the world of romance podcasting look like? And like, yeah, tell us all the things about What to Read right. Next. So the What to Read Next podcast, the best way I can describe it is to find out what your favorite authors read. So I interview authors and ask them what books they recommend, which books they like, which books they do like. And so, um, but it didn't start that way. It started, the podcast started in December 2017. Um at this time, there were not a lot of women's podcasts out there. I think there were far and few between. And it started as a like chatty episode with my friend Clara. We were just chatting and recommending books that we loved. Clara was a big reader. She introduced me. She's like big book collector. Like that's the best way I can describe it. She introduced me to all the used bookstores and all the good strand bookstores that were in New York City and just like accumulating books. And so at the time in 2016, I had another podcast. I had two podcasts beforehand. And 2016, I discovered through the podcast, discovered the passion for reading and discovered YouTube because my issue with reading was I was always a reader, but I struggled with finding um, what to read next, like finding recommendations. I like I was like right was through that high because there was a new book every month and I was like diving into the series. So I read most of the series um, growing up and then I ended up resurfacing, discovering, I moved to the States when I was 18 and discovered Barnes. I knew Barnes & Noble existed because I used to go to Barnes & Noble when I traveled to the US. Um, but when I was in college, I would go to Barnes & Noble and look at the end tables and be like, and at the time, this is the 2000s and it was a lot of checklist. And so I dive into checklist, moved to New York and I used to get my recommendations from people on the subway because this is before e-readers so you just like look at books and you're like oh that cover looks good and I'll just go to Barnes and Noble to buy it um did not realize there was libraries that can get it for free and then New York actually has a great library for free um and so I struggled with finding what to read I was just reading what was popular I'll find an author read most of the backlist whatever's available and then 2016 this random influencer who's not a book influencer I want to preface this is not a book influencer was like Basically, she's like, like, hey, have you checked YouTube? There's like book recommendations there. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and I discovered 2016 at the time was a lot of YA fantasy. And there was like very little romance content, but it was there. And I stumbled, stumbled upon a new adult romance um, listicle like video recommendation. And I read every single one of them. And I had a job where it allowed me to read at work because I had nothing to do. So I was reading on my phone. And between the Amazon algorithm and YouTube, I I ended up reading like 275 books between May and December. Like I was like a reading machine. It was my reading era. The next year I read a book a day. I, I think I was like 361. So I missed like the mark by like four days, which is it's kind of sad, but it is what it is. And so fast forward to November of 2017, my friend Clara was like, let's start a podcast. Because at the time everyone was having a podcast of some sort. Like it sounded like a great idea. And I was like, you know, I, I've done it before. I know how to do it. And so we started a podcast and we got through like the first few months. We just, she couldn't only commit to once a month. And as you probably noticed, I'm really good about creating content. And so I was like, 
I kind of want to do more than once a month. And so I asked her, I was like, can I just like do this on my own? And she was like, totally gracious. She was like, totally cool. And she's going to come back to the show. Um, she's come back a few, a few years later. She'll come back this year. I'm trying to get her to come back. Um, but where I started creating content and I started with interviewing influencers and asking them about their book recommendations. And I got really, um, because when you talk to influencers, you probably notice a lot of times they're telling you the same books because those are the ones, the books that were pushed by publishers. Um, and I got really bored with that. So I switched things up. I went to BA and I was like, you know, maybe I'll try authors, you know? And at the time I was reading the author's books. I was like doing all the prep work, but I was like, I think authors might bring you a different flavor. And I started interviewing 2019, start interviewing authors and I started interviewing any author. I did not, I was not discriminated. I was like, I only want to interview these people. I was like, no, I'm just going to pay my dues and interview whoever wants to. And I was a once a week episode with an author interview. 2020 happens. As we know, pandemic happens. No author events were happening. And so publishers at the time were, did not pay attention to my podcast. They were just like, okay, that's kind of cute, but you know, we'll, 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 we'll entertain the idea. And March, 2020, April, 2020 publicists were like, oh my gosh, we need to get publicity to these books. We need to find ways to showcase these books. Um, Podcasts can be another avenue. And so my show became somewhat popular. Like it just grew because I was like, I was getting a lot of pitches and I was accepting any pitch. And the beauty of a podcast, as you probably would know, is that they're evergreen content. Like people would discover a podcast at any point and they may go back to all the other episodes and you might find episodes from two or three years ago. And so it was like a really cool way to create content that's going to long lasting selling. And so I, at the time, I was like, I just accepted any pitches. I really say. And so I think I went from like, just like I hyper focused and reading like hundreds of books in a year, I hyper focused and did like about 200, 200 or 300 in author interviews in a span of two years. I think I, I'm up to 560 something episodes. There were times there were like six or seven episodes to do. And so doing the interviews, I finally found my voice, I finally found what I was interested. In. And so the best way I can describe my interviews are, we'll talk about the books that are promoting, we'll give a little bit spiel about it. So you can figure out like, if this is a book I want to really, but we're also going to talk about the reading taste, like what kind of books they read, what kind of books they recommend, what kind of books do you actually will like to pick up. So my goal is to bust out your TBR. So when you come out, you're like, you're like, okay, I want to find recommendations, I have a place where to find, you know, um, and so authors will come and will tell you all types of books, the books they read, books that they're passionate about, books that they, you know, they loved. I try not to ask their favorite books, because that's actually a really tough question to us. So I ask them questions that are like, you know, recent books or books that you enjoy books that you recommend books that you feel like other people will be interested in reading chances are you may you may have your favorite romance author i may have an interview for it and then you may figure out what they read you know what they read so you can pick it up for yourself yeah i think that is such a fun combination because you'll have like like you had sierra simone and julie murphy Mm -hmm. right like back in september and it's like you get to hear them to like laugh and talk about this wonderful book that they've written but then you also get to get a glimpse into like what's on their kindle or what they just Mm -hmm. recently bought from the bookstore like you get to get book recommendations from the authors that you enjoy. So like, how long into it did you realize like, that's the direction you wanted to take the podcast? I think I stumbled upon it. I realized I was like, it was when you're doing like, hundreds of interviews, and 
you're you don't have I at the time I was reading all the books and I was like I am burned out I cannot have these long conversations and all these different things and I want to talk to these people because I want to get to know them like that part of me is like I want to I want to make friends with other people and I want to connect and have a social connection I work from home I don't have a car and the time I was I was stuck in Chicago without like in a brand new place I I lived in New York beforehand and just moved to a new place and so this was like my social connection and so I realized it was like, well, I might as well just have something that I'm interested in. What I'm interested in is like finding out book recommendations. Like I just need to know what books are going to be worthwhile my time to read. You know, not just what the publishers tell me that I should read, but also like what people are true readers are reading. And so I love talking to other fellow readers and what better way to connect with authors that way, you know, because a lot of authors are readers first, or they have like a reader origin story, or they ended up stumbling upon writing for one reason or another, but they might just feel like, you know, I, they may read other things because they're like, they need an escape. And it's kind of like fun just to get to know them that way, that level as a reader. And I think it's something fun for the, audience to understand like you know you know what like other genres or uh, discovering new hidden gems you know well you mentioned youtube and i wanted to talk with, with both of y'all about this because aaron you do youtube and i discovered i was like you laura and aaron i'm pretty sure you'll have to share with us how you discovered people were talking on there it was the same for me i was like people are talking about books on youtube and mm-hmm. i kind of discovered youtube as i found out people were talking about books there but how do y'all think like the landscape of recommendations is changing like aaron as a youtuber do you feel like you still see a lot of recommendations videos or is it just somebody's going to do a vlog and if you're interested in the book, that's your recommendation, you're going to pick it up? Like, how do you feel like it's changing? Well, I, I've been like the worst booktube watcher lately with, uh, <laughs> with doing the podcast and, <laughs> and everything. So it's um, it's hard to say for me. I, I know some of my uh, friends and favorite, you know, people on YouTube still do recommendations um, like... Uh, Heather at HEA Booktubes. Um, she'll do themed recommendations of if you like this type of romance, you know, read uh, read these books. Um, you know, whether it's um, kidnapped trope or mafia trope or forced proximity, whatever, whatever have you. So I've I've been seeing a lot of that uh, as opposed to like just the the list of of um, the wrap ups. I guess it would be what what we would call them um, in like the 2016 era of BookTube, which is when um, I got into to it as well. Yeah, there's a more um I see a lot of more collaborations of like similar book to two book tours doing the same listicle and coming up. And sometimes there's overlap, sometimes there's not overlap. So I think there's like a I wish they can talk to each other and be like, okay, we're gonna recommend different books um before they come up with a video. But um I see there's like more listicle videos. Do you perform well like in the grand scheme of things? Because you look at the views, those depend tend to perform well like it, it's like especially super niche ones you're like oh i haven't heard of this you know that's how i stumbled upon romance it was a new new adult listicle that carol the reading wallflower did and I she miss her oh my god her so much <laughs> She has changed my whole life. I was like, you know, you would never imagine. And I wish I could tell her she's no longer on YouTube. You know, I miss her. I used to look forward to her videos. I used to watch them while I was at work. And I used to be like, okay, like, what does she say that I should read? And then I just like go buy the books and just like read them, you know? Yeah, because once upon a time, it was literally like her just from piece of books 
Peace Love Books and uh, Lovely Like Laura. Like that yeah. was it for romance. And they did read, there was some overlap, but their personalities were so different and there was so like different. a difference in books or whatever. And now it's just like, it's so cool to see how many romance booktubers there are now, I feel like. But yeah, I I I love the read-alike lists. Like I love how, what is that? Like a library, that's a librarian thing, right? Like whoever yeah. bought that to booktube, I appreciate it so yeah. much. Yeah, so I think that's where I wish there was that. And like, honestly, there's in the podcasting landscape, there's like hundreds of podcasts. Like there's, I think I saw one of the fellow podcasters threw around a list of 150 romance podcasts out there oh that gosh. are out there. And I'm like, this is amazing. When I started, there wasn't that many, you know? Yeah. Okay. So tell us like when you started, okay. Cause okay. You started at a time where there was, I'm assuming there was smart bitches, trashy books. Cause they I were the first. So. I did not do the research. I wish I could tell you I did market research and stuff like that. I just thought it was a good idea. I can do a podcast, you know, like, yeah, just, like, like it's sometimes it's that's the best way to do it. It's like, you know what? Like just do just it. Go the for it. You. Um, at the time, the first month, my only, I I had one friend who listened to it. No, my, none of my friends wanted to listen to our Alts rambling. So the first month, I only had one download, and I was like, "Okay, well, is this going to be success or not?" And I was like, "You know, I'm just going to keep going. Like, the audience will find each other." And so, um, so the landscape was just like not a lot. Like it was like there were some of them, and they were like, I think they were like, "What should I read next?" And I think, um. Faded Maids may have started, but I did not discover Faded Maids until 2020. You know, all these like big, you know, 2019, because I went to RWA and they did a podcast live and I was like, what is this? You know, so I did not know like the women's landscape, like the Heaven Bossoms and the whatever the other ones. I don't know. There were, there were three major podcasts that they kept putting on listicles. I did not realize that they existed, you know, when I started oh. Yeah. I mean, I remember like listening to the first like three episodes of Heaving Bosoms and I was like, who are these people? And they're talking yeah. about romance. Yeah. So, okay. Cause I feel like you, you started in the wild west days when it was like no man's land. So yeah. talk to us about like, how did you get publishers to, I don't want to say take you seriously, but I mean, I know you know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. how did you get publishers to uh, like work with you as a podcast? So I started taking, I started with warm publicity so I started with publicists that I had experienced before and I just like was like I went to them and I was like you know I have this idea I already had a podcast established like podcast was already established at some point and there were two people that really helped me Estelle I went to BEA at the time I was taking a break from the podcast and I went to Estelle met Estelle and BEA because I wanted to get um the friend zone at the time this is 2019 um was like was getting a lot of reviews and I had published I had to share about the friend zone because I interviewed an editorial assistant um, back in February and I was like hey you know the friend zone was mentioned here and all these different things and so I told her I was like you know like I just want to like can I get the copy of it she's like oh I wish I can actually you know why don't you just like have you come on the show and I was like yeah sure like that's totally fine time I did not have a podcast yeah I had a po I had, like an idea of the podcast was going to change and all these different things and so because I took breaks in the podcast like even though there's like five years there's been breaks and so Estelle was like you know you should do this like you should have Abby and I was like you know what this is a great idea like maybe I'll have authors come on the show like you know this is a good idea to have it i I was missing having it I was hanging out in BEA with all these booktubers and I was like I don't have like a platform like maybe I'll just 
reunite the podcast. And so I went to publicists that I have met before. And I was like, hey, would you be interested in having so and so author come on the show? You know, we'll talk about their writing, we'll talk about their books and stuff like that. And so I started reaching out and then I just asked the publicist I was like do you have any other books that you're talking about and I used those pitches you know because we get pitches every so often and I used those pitches and said like hey I'm not I'm not interested in reviewing but I can actually do offer an author interview and so I started that way and then they start my name started to come on lists I don't know you know, publicists talk to each other, I'm assuming. So it just started coming on lists and start getting pitches. And all I did was like, Oh, you'd be interested in doing an interview. And I had at that point, I created systems in place, like a calendar system, a question system. And so I knew like, I automated different areas. So I was making things much more efficient. So I was able to produce more. Um, I, I, we have you here to talk about books. And I promise we'll yeah. get to it. But I just I, you know, I'm always like, you never know who's listening. So yeah, once your name is out there, right? Right. And I, I think this is a really important conversation to have because there's so many book influencers now. Right. And the goal, everybody comes into this and your goal is you just want that connection. You want that right connect with that right person that's in the publishing world to get you some free books. Right. So once your name is out there, what advice do you have to whether it's an aspiring podcaster or you're a wonderful blogger, like a blogger? How do you I guess I'm, I'm, I think about one thing people don't realize is that eventually your name is out there and things can become overwhelming. Can you talk about having boundaries or plans in place? Like what do new people that are coming into this need to know? So I think it's honestly, it's a relationship building. It's a relationship building with all policies. Always be nice to them because you just never know what they may give you or what they, what they, what you can support them. Like it's a, it's a two way street. Like they're supporting you by giving you gas and you're supporting them by like promoting their books. So it's a two way street relationship. Um, but I think in some ways, like being honest about where you are, like there have been times where I take breaks. Like I just took recently a break. I was like, you know, and a really like mental health was just like really iffy and I had to be honest with the publicist and said, like, you know, I'm really going through some stuff and I just need a break. And so being honest about it, like, that's a good way to go as opposed to being like, oh, hiding, you know, like faking it till you make it. The other part is that it's it it gets easier and it gets harder. Like once you reach a level, like it gets easier to get whoever you want to get. Uh, but at the same time, it gets harder to say no because there's so many opportunities to come up. So the best way I can approach it is like, are you going to have guests that you're going to be proud of it? proud about yourself like you actually like these books and stuff like that those are the ones you want to say yes to if you're like iffy and there there's certain guests that i'm like i have audience members who are like i'm dying if you interview this person i was like yeah it's never gonna happen and that's just like a personal <laughs> it's like a personal personal issue like it's a personal thing i'm like you know it doesn't align with my beliefs and the stuff and you know at the end of the day i'm the one producing the show and so I have to do things that are in alignment to me. And I think in some ways it makes it more honest to my audience. Like it just gives you kind of like, you know, I trust you and this is what I want to share. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, do you read a lot for fun? <laughs> Or I I used to, it's a it's a it's a hit or miss. I have like I have I've had therapists. I have like reading coaches <laughs> to walk me through this because I was to, I would say 2018 to 2021, at least actually like recently 2022. I read a lot for the job. I read a lot for like 
what was popular, what was hyped up, what was like influencer race, what needed to be on the show, who was needed to come. And I and it's a bad habit that I'm trying to break because it's just like not fun anymore. So I'm now trying to read for fun. And like, that's been like the shift. And every so often I like, get on the mindset, I'm like, Oh, and this is where I am. I'm just like breaking this through. I was in the mindset of like, I need to read 2023 titles because I need to be in the know. And I was having experience where like, they're all meh. And I'm like, maybe I should not do that. Maybe I should start <laughs> reading like for fun and go back to KU. And like go back to the hidden gems that I'm like that no one is talking about, but at that point I want to like go back to, you know, and read those books. I have been, you know, we have you here to talk about holiday titles. (laughs) I, and I've messaged you this, like, I feel like I'm not seeing a lot. I mean, and I'm talking traditional published world. I know in indie, there are probably tons. I have some definitely downloaded on my Kindle, but here we are. It's December. What are your, what are y'all's thoughts? Like, are y'all seeing a lot of holiday TBRs? You know, do you feel like you're seeing a lot of new releases? Like what? I saw a brilliant tweet yesterday from Rebecca Weatherspoon. Let me see if I can pick it, if if I can find it real quick. So she said yesterday, I just saw it. What happened to it? Okay. I have this really deep sinking feeling in my stomach that the whole publishing industry is trying to get rid of romance. This is the second huge list we've lost. I don't know what list she's talking about. USA Today. USA Today is gone. Okay, MMBPB are being edged out and the current reigning person in romance writes women's fiction and domestic thrillers. And I'm like, I remember years past, by December, I would have read like 21 Christmas books, right? Starting in, in September through December. And like, I think I've read like three this year. Yeah, I'm just not seeing a lot. So what's going I think, on? I think there are some traditional published this year. There was a lot of LGBTQ traditional published books, which was a great, great stride. However, the traditional published books, I feel like they're not as good as like some of the stuff that's coming out in indie. I will be honest, the stuff that's coming out in indie is actually they're taking risks they're doing more stuff that it's more. I don't know. It feels like more like passionate about it. Like the traditional publishing, like I'm just hitting the beats and I'm like, bam, bam, bam. And here's it is. I was like, it feels like more like, you know, sometimes more of the same. Some of the stuff I read is good, but some of the other stuff I'm like, I'm disappointed. Like I wish it was some something more. I wish it was like more, you know, so-and-so things. Um, so there are holiday books coming out. It's just like, you know, what the landscape looks like. There are other, there there are novellas, there are other things. And like, I think what the reader's looking for is a little bit of everything. I think the holiday holiday novellas perform better in some ways because we're short of time. We don't have the space. We're trying to do all the different things and that works. So like holiday, you know, audiobooks are helping too because I'm like, you actually have something to listen to while you're doing your chores, you know? So the landscape is shifting. And so, but I don't know if traditional publish is catching up to it. Tell us what books you recommend. We're turning the tables on you, Laura. All right. What three next? <laughs> what books right. do you so recommend? I think I don't think there's enough of spicy, um, spicy books in the holiday space. Like you know, what we see, we we get to see a lot of Hallmark movies versus like you know, like just a kiss in the end, and that's fine. But. I like romance. I like spicy, even though I skip the spicy scenes, but uh, that's that's my story. But we'll take it. To, <laughs> just me. Um, so I would say like the three spicy books that I really love that have been like every year consistently, there's always one Kindle book that's like make the rounds. And some of them I'm an early adopter. Some of them I'm not. First one is Faking Under the Mistletoe by Ashley Shepard. I don't think she has written anything afterwards. 
But that book is just perfection. I don't remember much, but it's just in KU, it's perfection for A. The next year, I had A Very Bossy Christmas by Kaylee Loring. She actually ended up doing a Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day um, book. And this is like, it's like fake dating, boss, you know, I'm gonna make you be my fake girlfriend to travel. And I'm gonna give you a Christmas day for free. Like, you know, like it's, it's like suspend disbelief, but it's really good. It's a fun, it's a fun novella. It's available on Kindle Limited. And then this, the this year, I was actually an early adopter. And then I'm really grateful that people are like are reading it and talking about it. And it's like number one, number two, in Amazon bestseller list at the time. Um, it's Tis the Season for Revenge by Morgan Elizabeth. Um, that is a legally blonde reimagine, <laughs> but instead of Elwitz going back to school, going back to Harvard, she just dates the partner and finds revenge with her ex douchebag. <laughs> and it's so freaking good. It's like about 200 something pages. I read it in one sitting. I could not stop reading it. It's spicy. The hero Damien is like, it's like a so like it's such a like a good book boyfriend. He's like everything you want in a healthy relationship, and that's like really good. So Tis the season for revenge, and it's so good. And it's set in New York, and there's some New York issues that I have because I actually have issues. I live in New York, so I have issues with that. But overall, the book is great. So I need to get that very bossy Christmas because I have the Valentine's one physically, and I'm like, why didn't I ever get the Christmas one? <laughs> The Valentine's Day one is like about a train ride. It's really cute. <laughs> I have not read the same Patrick's Day, but Valentine's Day is like a really cute one. It's like the train ride thing. They're like, you know, it's a friends to lovers one. But this one's like feel- enemies to lovers. I feel like I've had faking faking under the mistletoe in my Amazon cart for like three years now at this point. I think I so. mean- <laughs> it was popular, I think, like three or four years ago. It was really popular. Everyone was reading it, and I was like, oh my gosh, I must read it. Illustrated cover, Kid No Limited. <laughs> and then I read it. I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> you know. So do you have any buzzwords or are you just like, oh, it's a Christmas romance on Kindle Unlimited. I'm going to read it. It depends. Cute covers will fall. I actually scroll through like listicles or people writing TBR. So this year I was like handpicking. I read a lot of Christmas books. And so I went through, I think I got my, my Discover page showing up a lot of Christmas TBRs. And so I was like looking and I was like, okay, this book sounds good. This book sounds good. I also interviewed people this year. I interviewed Leslie from She Reads Romance Books. Um, and she talked about some of the books that she's read. And I interviewed Kelly from Movies and Newbies and talked about spicy recommendations. And so I took some of the recommendations. And then Stormbo created a list of books that I was going to read. Um, and I ended up reading some of them. And some of them I was like disappointed. And some of them I'm like, oh, this was great, you know. Um, and so, yeah, I had like a pretty, and like a lot of the books were like, if they were Kindle Limited, they were like a plus because I did not have to buy them. And if there were novellas, it would be better because I can read them in one sitting. I mean, and talk about spicy Christmas book. I mean, we do have to shout out Kelly <laughs> with Meet yeah. Me in Los Feliz. <laughs> that was like such a good warm weather Christmas novella. Yes. It was like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's everything I want. And I'm like, I, even though it's in LA, I can see some stuff like happening in New York. It's like a city girl kind of like, um, like, Christmas novella because a lot of the books that I read at Christmas stuff is set in a small town it's fine but like I'm not a small town girl I'm a city girl through and through and I'm like I need my city stuff you know? I know there's something so special about Christmas in the city like I love me a small town romance but I love Christmas in the city mm-hmm. um okay so you gave us some spicy wrecks do you have any like sweet any any for our sweet readers or no 
So for sweet readers, I have a couple ones that are kind of cute. I would say Seasons of Love by Helena Greer. It's set in a Christmas tree farm. Um, there's some Jewish representation, but it's actually like um, they, a group of friends inherit a Christmas tree farm and they have to come work together. And they're like, and there's a long lost granddaughter coming back to a small town and it's like coming together and like twitting it all together. Um, so that was a really good one. Um, a Cat Cafe Christmas by Cotty Gray. Um, if you love Christmas, if you love cats this is like a cat cafe kind of thing each cat has an instagram profile you get to read it and you just like it's like it's very it's perfect for cat lovers i would say also cody gray also writes as cody hall um and so she has um nick and noel's a christmas playlist um there's something about mary and then there's a new one audible plus so there's three and they're they're audible first so if you have audible plus which is um, it's like the cheapest of uh, the, li- the free library. You might be able to listen to those books online um, early or you can like read them too. They've been published. The first two books have been published by source books, but those are, those are good. Um, I did read A Very Merry Bromance um, by Lisa K. Adams. Um, that's uh, the fifth book in the Bromance Book Club and they read a holiday book and it's cute. It's like cute one. Um, and then the other one I would say is Love Life Farns by B.K. Bornson. It's cute. It's audio is on a hopla so it's in a script too so if you need if you need to audio like you want to get it for free audio is there but be careful um this series is more like stars hollow gilmore girls girl um and you can actually read them on kindle limited too and she like blew up people are yeah. obsessed with that series she did even even victoria Bible lifestyle is reading her book she's like i just found this book and i was like yeah i already did a list about it and I, actually by the way if you go to my blog there's a list of 10 books if you look for christmas tree farm um if you want to find christmas tree farm recommendations i have 10 books that are set in a christmas tree farm because that's a popular niche within within the holiday <laughs> space <laughs> they're like shout out to bk morrison and like and then season of love is another one in the event of love is another one there's like there's 10 different books set in a christmas tree farm because i know that's what you may need. (laughs) (laughs) She's got you covered. Okay. (laughs) So tell us like what's going on with the blog. I mean, what posts do you have coming up? You do a lot. You put in a lot of work with the blog (laughs) and the podcast. You're always like, oh yeah, we researched this today and found out this about Google. And you like, we we set up a YouTube channel for the podcast literally because I remember you being like, YouTube's connected to Google. And I was like, she's so right. Like I will see my friend's videos that are scheduled. They haven't even come out yet, but like they will pop up on Google. And I'm like, oh, we're totally missing a mark here. So, you know, what's going on with the pod? What's going on with the blog? So I'm like, I... I became fascinated with the whole idea of search engine optimization. It's like very like the back end of blogging and podcasting. Um, my podcast, if you probably would know, I don't promote it that often. I don't post it on the social media. I don't talk about this. But my podcast has grown a lot because people find it thanks to the title, thanks to the keywords of like finding authors. And so there's discoverability that has happened organically like the audience that I have is organically built and so I was like what if I just do this for the blog too like what if I create written content and supplement because it's fun to do podcasting but you get to the point where like okay do I really want to bombard you with a thousand episodes or do I want to make you like you know if you're just having a question about recommendation do I do you need to listen to the episode or can you just like read it and so I was like maybe providing the opportunity to read the 
like read the listicle. And so for the blog, I am doing lookalikes, as I mentioned, like if you find find a popular book, and then I'll give you like 10 books to recommend based on the trope that's mentioned in that book. So I have like read alikes for book lovers, love on the brain, um, something wilder. And then like, I, I'm starting to do some indies. So love like farms, and then I did test the season for revenge. So I'm doing lookalikes for like, you know, so you're like, whatever you're in the reading mood, because my goal is to my purpose in life in this space is to help you figure out what to read next, you know, to help you figure out like, so you're not struggling to find recommendations. So you have like a place to be like, okay, I need this record. I need I'm like, I'm in a reading slump. What can I read now? You know, and so I hope that you find like, resources to give you like enough recommendations to figure out what to what to pick next. Well, we are so grateful for all of your hard work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. So is there anything coming up that you haven't read that you're excited for? Like anything on your radar? I don't <laughs> I know you said a lot of the 2023s were kind of I did. I did the 2023, but I'm putting that on hold. So I think one of my radar is to find the next, like, next next bestseller in Kindle Limited, you know? What's going to be the hidden gems? And so I think I'm going to try to focus on those, like, finding those hidden gems there um, and try to be an early adopter um, for them as opposed to be, like, you know, afterwards, the hype job. So a lot of trying different authors, I think my goal for 2023 is to read some monster romance, read some new to me authors and try and just and read some more diverse authors. So try like different, you know, different things. And so try them out. Yeah. Well, you'll have to come back and tell us about your progress. Just saying. Sounds good. Well, plug all of your stuff. Where can everyone keep up with you online? So you can visit the watchmenextblog.com. That's a hub where they actually has the podcast information. It has the website information. I also have a sister site called What to Listen Next. It's it's at early stages. So there's some some content. But my goal is next year to have a lot of content there. And that's for audiobooks. So because podcasting lends itself really well for audiobooks listeners. So I want to help you find your next audiobook through narrator list. So yeah. Well, you're incredible. You'll have to come back. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing your time with Thank us today. You. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>